Hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Bowers. I'm going to try to do a um, robust broadcast tonight. Um, we're going to talk about the Curly Effect. Um, we're going to hear from Catherine Austin Fitz from 2020. We're going to talk about uh, what I call Lights Out USA. We're going to talk about Central Bank Digital Currency and the Curse of Complacency. And um, We'll talk also about a little bit about markets. So with that, I'll leave you to the music. So we're back. So first up, we're going to go over the Curly Effect, which is uh, spelled C-U-R-L-E-Y. It's uh, named after a guy who uh, came over. Uh, anyway, let me, let me just go ahead. I'll read the first uh, about four paragraphs of this paper, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So early in World War I, a wounded British officer arrived in Boston to recruit citizens of the then neutral United States to fight in the British Army. He politely asked the, uh, asked the then by then legendary Irish mayor of Boston, James Michael Curley, for permission. Curley replied, Go ahead, Colonel, take every damn one of them. This statement captures Curley's lifelong hostility to the Anglo Saxons of Boston, whom he described as a strange and stupid race, and his clear wish that they would just leave. Throughout his four terms, using a combination of aggressive redistribution and incendiary rhetoric, Curley tried to transform Boston from an integrated city of poor Irish and rich Protestants into a Gaelic city of American shores. Curley's motivation is clear. In his six mayoral races between 1913 and 1951, he represented the poorest and most ethnically distinct of Boston's Irish, the city's uh, uh, Brahmins, despised him because of his policies, his corruption, and his rhetoric, and always looked to block his victory. Curly expected share of Boston vote was to 
a first approximation strictly increased in the share of poor Irish among the Bostonians. Unsurprisingly, he tried to turn Boston into a city that would elect him. We call this strategy increasing the relative size of one's political base through distortionary wealth-reducing policies, the Curley effect. But it's hardly unique to Curley. Among American mayors, but also politicians around the world, have pursued policies that encourage immigration of their political enemies, raising poverty but gaining political advantage. In his 24 years as mayor, Detroit's Coleman Young drove white residents and businesses out of the city. Under Young, Detroit has become not merely an American city that happens to have a black majority, but a black metropolis, the first uh, major third world city in the United States. The trappings are all there, showcase projects, black-fisted symbols, an external enemy, and the cult of personality. This is uh, from uh, Chaffetz of 1991. Zimbabwe's President Robert Mugabe abused, abused white uh, farmers after his country's independence, openly, openly encouraging their immigration even at the huge cost to the economy. So I think you can get what I'm uh, throwing down there with just that little bit. And what I'm getting at is that what's kind of uh, been operating across the world, but uh, in particular, um, well, for example, like Ireland is uh, facing this kind of uh, these uh, migrants that they brought in that they're uh, paying. We have the same thing going on in the United States with uh, the Biden administration intentionally bringing in people and then uh, you know, providing them with shelter and uh, the cost estimation, at least one, this is one report, I think it's over overestimating, but I'm not, what I'm going to say it's overestimating because it seems so large, but we're at the point where large numbers almost matter not. So there was a Fox News report, and take it for what you want, uh, they mentioned the price tag for all this, uh, uh, all these millions that they're bringing in and everything that they're going to put together at around 450 uh, billion dollars so put that in perspective obviously you know we're already in 34 you know 34 going on 35 trillion dollars in debt national debt with outstanding liabilities as far as the eye can see probably uh, topping 150 trillion and <clears throat> they're bringing in these people uh, specifically because they're enslaved they're going to enslave them and what it is is they're just trading down uh, uh, the Democratic Party and, and, and the Republicans too don't don't get it twisted uh, but in particular the Democrats are bringing these into the cities uh, because they can no longer afford to uh, they don't care about the, the black populations there anymore uh, that's why they're bringing in migrants that they can easily buy off and, and they're going to uh, uh, you know, mainline or stream plus it cause chaos uh, social uh, systems will be, be destructed. So it's an invasion, uh, Cloward Piven, uh, potentiality that, you know, you can, uh, they'll, they're buying their votes, lifetime of voting because, you know, they gave them a place to stay and do all these, and, you know, their outreach is going to be, they'll bring in their white liberal savers and they'll walk around and, and, and tell them how wonderful they are and, and, you know, just, it's just all just, despicable what they're doing so that's uh, the first part of this broadcast the next part is going to be tied to actually the slave system that I just mentioned 
Uh, but this is from uh, 2020, and it's uh, Catherine Austin Fitz. And it's a long segment, but uh, she gets to it. Uh, but it gives you an idea, you know, and this is this has actually been kind of going on in, on multiple levels, just the way she, uh, you know, had uh, written it out and designed. And she gets into some details, and you can uh, listen to it, listen to it for yourself. And um, we get to the uh, uh -huh. the diagrams here. <laughs> okay. So if you look at what's going on, we have the tech people building the the clouds and the telecommunications. We have the military doing space and operation warp speed. So they're putting up the satellites. Okay. Then we have Big Pharma, which is making the injections that are full of these mystery ingredients and change, modify your DNA, and for all we know, make you infertile. Um, and then we have the media pouring out the propaganda. And then we have the central bankers engineering the, to, to the crypto, the central bank crypto systems. So you have these different pillars, and it's very important when you look at what's going on day to day, particularly in the media, they're trying to keep them separate so that you can't see how they're going to come together in an integrated system, which is basically integrated into your body and your mind. For what purpose? To, to institute the slavery system. So in other words, if I I'm going to do everything through a smart grid and I need to run the smart grid into your neighborhood and then I need to run the smart grid into your body. The question is how am I going to build it out in your neighborhood and build it out in your body without you seeing the trap? Right? So, so that's why you try and keep these different lines separate. So if you listen to the central bankers, they try as hard as they can to stay away from these conversations. So it was interesting, I was watching an IMF presentation on cross-border payments and the Federal Reserve Chairman, uh, the, the head of the IMF mentioned the digital uh, global ID system and you would have the Federal Chairman, the Federal Reserve Chairman almost blanched and you could energetically feel him moving like a galaxy away, He's like no, 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 because you know, they're, they're more, they're 325 million Americans and they're more than 325 million guns and he doesn't want everybody to see this until the trap is thrown. It's too late. Have we been put in a trap this year? Yes. <laughs> right, but the door hasn't shut. So that's why the reason we're talking is because transparency can blow the game. It's interesting because in... Um, in the beginning of the year when I wrote the article Injection Fraud and said Bill Gates is trying to download an operating system in your body just the way you download it in your mind and use virus as an excuse to have to update it, you know, to, to make it work for his back door every day. Three months later, and then, and then Corbett did a great series on Gates and several people came out and sort of reaffirmed this. And... Um, uh, it was in the fall, Yahoo Finance did a poll, uh, published a poll saying that 44% of Republicans thought Bill Gates wanted to chip them. And I said, okay, we're making progress. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, and that's exactly when Gates sort of disappeared and they brought out Operation Warp Speed because they needed, um, and interestingly enough, the person they chose to lose, run Operation Warp Speed was an expert on... Uh, 
injectable brain machine interface. He used to head research at GlaxoSmithKline, and and he's a brain machine interface expert. It's a creepy resume for that job, huh? It's a perfect resume for that job. You know, here's one of the most important developments that happened in 2019, in addition to the um, to the approval of the going direct plan by the central bankers in Jackson Hole, was the issuance. Uh, by the Department of Defense of the Jedi Cloud contract to Microsoft. So you had Amazon receive, Amazon is essentially a CIA and intelligence agency contractor. They started generating profit when they entered into major contracts with the CIA to provide the clouds not only for the CIA, but all 17 US intelligence agencies through that umbrella cloud contract. So you now have Amazon running the intelligence agency's contract. This year, Latos did a big contract, or at the end of 2019, Latos did a big contract with the, um, with the Navy, and then DOD did the JEDI contract. And so those three huge cloud contracts give you the ability, once you get everybody hooked up into them, to radically re-engineer how, um, how the cash flows work. So you can literally shut down all small business uh, or almost all small business put everybody on a universal basic income, which is basically a control system, and run it all through the through the military clouds. So you can you can see the the direction we're headed, but it's a little uncertain as to as to why or. No, it's it's simple. Um, technology gives you the ability to institute a complete control system and further centralize economic and political control. So I'll give you a perfect example. The reason the African-American slave trade ended, there were two reasons in my opinion. One is you couldn't perfect collateral. So the banks in London kept losing money because the plantation owners, when the commodities market went down, would sell their slaves west and the banks couldn't go get their collateral. So they would finance the purchase of a slave at say 50% loan to value ratio. And then when the commodities market's down, they'd sell the slave, say he ran away and the banks would be hung, right? And the banks couldn't prove that, you know, Harry was their slave because they couldn't, they had no way of perfecting collateral, okay? Mm -hmm. so, um, so that was number one. The second was, the Haitians rebelled and, and the Europeans sent several armies in to try and quell the rebellion and never could. The, the Haitians were too good, okay? Now, if you look at digital technology, you can perfect the collateral, okay? And with space weaponry and, and the kind of weaponry you have from space and surveillance, you can put down any rebellion, right? So. The reasons that the slave trade, which was unbelievably profitable, the history of the world is slavery is the most profitable business. It's more profitable than mining. It's more profitable than um, than narcotics. I mean, it's it's more profitable than all the addictions. So, if you now have the technological capability of implementing slavery, their attitude, I think, is okay. Let's do it. Right? Yeah. And part of it is technolo technology also makes it much easier for a small group of people to get together and be very powerful. So for example, if they bring in breakthrough energy technology, the danger is a small group of 
crazy people can weaponize it. So technology is powerful. The more powerful technology you integrate, the more danger there is you lose control. Now, there are other theories as why people would want complete control. So for, I'll give you another reason. You know, given the difficulty of feeding and managing a population that's getting ever larger, if you now have biotechnology that allows Mr. Global to live for 150 years, you know, you can't afford, you can't keep that secret, right? If, if, the, if the wealthier are live, live, living for 150 years and we're not, that you can't keep that a secret. So, so why not downsize the population, integrate robots, use robotics for everything, and you can have a, a very wealthy and luxurious life without all the management headaches, right? So, so I uh, I had uh, listened to that uh, video that she had put together. Well, it wasn't her put it together. It was a guy who was uh, doing a interview and analysis based upon her uh, her viewpoints and, and whatnot. So I think that gives a gives a pretty good encapsulation of of uh, things that are uh, in in the hopper and so you can see how I was trying to tie in how obviously the immigration and the curly effect and and when you talk about slavery uh, and how profitable it is I mean that's you know when we're dealing with people uh, of the malevolence level of the people that we're dealing with uh, they they see you as just you know you know, numbers on a ledger, accounts, you know, assets, liabilities, um, like she was talking about with the collateralization and the whole whole trade and how profitable it was, and um, they want to go back to that. So don't let every people have gotten it messed up. And my last broadcast was uh, 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 talked to that or discussed that with the Philip K. Dick. Now, what happens if there is no American Revolution that that it succeeds? Well, there's no necessity to um, <clears throat> the slave trade uh, changes. You don't have a guy like Simon Boulevard. I didn't mention that in in that broadcast. You don't have um, um, uh, the rebellions, as she mentioned, with the Haitians. You have all these different things that took place, um, you know, in concert with. Uh, a group of individuals being able to uh, defeat uh, the most powerful force on the earth at that time, which was the British Empire, and and the Chinese didn't do it in the 19th century, and they harbor a great deal of animosity. Uh, the Chinese are very, I, and I'm not just throwing them in there just to do it, but they're ahead on AI, um, evidently. We know they're ahead on genetic engineering because uh, they actually. Uh, had a scientist who uh, created two uh, a twins. I think it was in 2018. So they'd be they might have just turned five because uh, it was like November 2018. Uh, gave birth um, using uh, CRISPR Cas9 technology, and there's the idea that um, these shots, if it can egg. So we're finding out they have some kind of DNA uh, remnants and certain things that are inside these shots that could potentially uh, alter you. And there goes a question, too, from a legal standpoint. Uh, we haven't even got into this because it hasn't become a, uh, there's a, I think it's a 2013 
uh, Supreme Court case tied to genetic modification and tied to ownership. And by ownership, I mean, so if someone improves you through your biology for whatever reason and alters your DNA to do it, uh, do they, do, are you a, does your, is your humanity at jeopardy? Is your rights at jeopardy? Uh, do you became, become a product, a, uh, a conditional product or conditioned on uh, uh, your, um, your livelihood or your life is conditioned on the basis of what you received? Is that a potentiality there? I mean, these are questions. These are well, these are ethical questions that haven't been answered, and many people probably haven't thought about it very far or thought about it. But what if you um, you know you don't know what you sign on to? I know many people do not know what they sign on to when they fill out forms and medical forms, and they they don't read them in, uh, with any careful uh, scrutiny, and they say, well, no one would ever apply it or use it this way. You'll be surprised what people will do. Uh, you know. <laughs> you know the the devil's bargain, or uh, the the uh, uh, inability for people to comprehend that anybody would be so evil, malevolent. Well, guess what? You're living in a whole different other time frame. And and like I said, I wasn't just trying to you know throw in the Chinese angle, but uh, it uh, you know stands a reason that they certainly like to keep control of their population. And they have a social credit system. Obviously, they're trying to implement that kind of deal here. And that goes to my uh, next topic. We'll segue to that. I called it Lights Out USA. So I had a thought today. And I mean, it's it, I'm not the only one that thought this. So at the end of Obama's administration, it, as it, it appears from the Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi's little uh, dig into the CITL files, this... Uh, um, intelligence apparatus that was put together. Um, it seems to me that there was an Intel national security junta that's been um, put together uh, going back to that time frame. And by that I mean is that they certainly they have no desire uh, they expect to operate this country as their, you know, as their bailiwick between the intel community, between the military, the DOD, the DHS, all of this is operating in, in coordination with each other. Remember, if you go go look at Obama, uh, not Obama's, but maybe Obama's, uh, but certainly the Biden's executive orders, they mention whole of government, and there's been a recent uh, executive order that I haven't read yet, and it's tied to the artificial intelligence that's like 20 pages long or whatever and it has I, I do I do remember going through it a little bit and uh, picking out this whole government concept it's very similar to the Chinese model um, because they're trying to get whole of agencies whole of society that goes back to the Rene Darista who was involved with this particular project the the intelligent you know the censorship industrial complex that's the easier that's the easiest term I can put forward so it's not just censorship though they want to control all the information of course and they obviously would like to implement an AI uh, function that would automatically 
be triggered by you know your particular post whether it be social media whether it be things that they can capture and then it would instantaneously route back to you know trigger your banking trigger your employment you know all these different uh, aspects of your your life and your livelihood um, that would be uh, something that they would uh, keenly I mean, affect your social credits uh, affect your ability to get a house you know ability to get a car ability to travel they'd already got that the travel list the travel bans and air travel um, 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 labeling that they have on your ID if you've triggered the national security state j6 is just one example of that and but this seems to be uh, you know this was a well thought out plan I think in some respects certainly it was thought it's like how can we expand our power and do it in a nuanced way so nobody will catch it very easily well they don't they don't want to put it before Congress because then you know there's too much you know publicity c-span that kind of deal but executive orders you can hide all kinds of things in executive orders and nobody will be the wiser um, and, and the way they write that write these executive orders up is in, I mean that, that's why they hire lawyers that they hire they write they write it in such a way to make it seem innocuous enough but uh, you know when you and then it's like a piece of Jenga you have one executive order that leads into another executive order you'll notice that if you if you actually go through these things sometimes uh, what they cite for other executive in other words they're linked together they link together you know four or five different executive orders and what you put the, the, the pieces of the puzzle together it, it paints a whole other different picture and concept versus what one in in particular executive order does and the fact that this is this you know and of course it builds upon prior executive orders that have been written for various things whether it be gold or whatever I, I got gold on the brain because I've been working on this chapter regarding the Federal uh, Reserve Banks um, anyway what I'm getting at is you have these um, apparatuses that have been put together um, they're very upset with us <laughs> they don't think they don't think any of us are competent of running any of our lives they obviously think they're very very intelligent obviously and they have to keep up the pressure because they have to um, they have to make everybody else the enemy so you get the hidden enemies kind of deal going on there um, and it's obviously about control they have to do it in such a nuanced manner so that you know they don't trigger too many of the sheep because they don't want the sheep to get too restless um, and of course you know when things are going bad then they have to look for other things like they have articles that get released into the ether uh, like today there were some funny ones there was one uh, from the Atlantic uh, talking about inf that uh, you're the blame for inflation uh, you are the blame for inflation so you know you know, it's all our fault, of course. Uh, I mean, the fact that someone had to write that wrote that it was a gal, no less, who was based in San Francisco. Uh, and we know the Atlantic is tied to the CIA apparatus too, uh, through you know various people and Applebaum and Lauren Powell Jobs is Apple and Apple uh, kicks around. Or, I mean, she she's the widow, but 
nevertheless, I'm sure she has backdoor connections there too. But you know, the whole concept of of all these different uh, you know, publications and and the things they put out and the things they say and they, and who are they speaking for? You know, because these are just you know they're meant to they're trying to psychologize. I mean, they've been doing this for a long time, but they're trying to mind fuck us all into these situations. So uh, between the media, the intel, and the, and the national security state, uh, they they have operated themselves or put themselves up up on a pedestal, and they they want to control this entire uh, country, and they want you to really just shut up and, and take it. Uh, demoralize us to no end and 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 eventually you know like I said you know cause such so much disruption and chaos and and bring us down it's pretty sad it's really sad because I mean all of us that have been around any any amount of time can remember back wasn't 22 23 years ago you know the year 2000 2001 you know, I don't need to go into the 9-11 Patriot Act, how that was rolled out and who it was written by. and and uh, But, you know, how they were like, oh, you guys need to be patriotic. They only want you to be patriotic to go kill. You know, we just top-tier globalist Henry Kissinger finally kicked off. So did, his buddy, so did another guy, Charlie Munker, 99 and 100 years old. Getting uh, going to the life expectancy, the life extension. Um, people like Jeff Bezos, who uh, who's uh, tied to um, was it Altos Labs, where that that's their goal is to get to 150 years. So you have these people who you know, they, like I said, they just they have no use for any of us. So uh, just keep that in mind. Um, when I was thinking about central bank, I'm going to just do this real quick with this CBDC, uh, central bank digital currency. Um, so it's a re when when we talk about the reset of wealth, uh, ostensibly, yeah, the whole point of this great reset is to literally hoover up all the as much of the remaining wealth from the the plebs and the lower classes, the serfs, us, up to the say the top uh, fifty or hundred million people. Um, there's a roughly uh, about 60 million people on the planet that are millionaires, and of those, there's about you know, we'll just say pipe. Well, Forbes has it at 2,560 billionaires. <clears throat> I'll, I'm gonna, I think that's an underestimation, and maybe just Western. I don't think they have their have all the numbers that they need, but let's just say that's true. Say 2,500. Um, but between those two classes, those two groups, that's 1.2% of humanity, and they own about 45% of the world's wealth, according to uh, visual capitalists, and, and actually they cited a Credit Suisse uh, report. So there's like $454 trillion worth of, uh, this is all going to be put into the book that I'm, I've actually put it in the book that I'm writing, uh, that's going to come out on December 22nd. But I have to get this put together by December 18th, and I am not. I'm about. Oh, I mean, I have the structure for the whole thing, and I have at least, I'd say, 80% uh, of the content in place, but that's the last 20% is going to be a pain. 
um, but I'm rewriting. I mean, the, it looks nothing like the prior versions, but this information I'm telling you is just off the top of my head, or is a lot of it's included, diagrams are included, etc., etc. So the CBDC, I mean, we know, you know, it's going to be tied to who, but it's controlling everything. <clears throat> so there's articles from Nvidia Duffy who uh, uh, was tied to the C40 uh, group that was put together by Michael Bloomberg, who's like one of the top 10 richest people in the world. It's like 40 or 50 billion dollars worth, whatever he is, uh, asshole. Uh, but you know, the idea was that the restrictions they wanted to put on meat and uh, travel and all that. that's what they really want the, the, the net zero is you shouldn't eat any meat you shouldn't travel anywhere and you should only buy a few items of clothing per year I mean if you read this thing and read what they said you'd say well this is sounds like serfdom exactly that's exactly what it is they they, they, they everybody should everybody in the West should become an absolute surf again and they want to, and this goes to the various things that, um, <clears throat> you know, when you talk about markets, you know, they want to restrict, I mean, and they want to control and restrict everything that you're, if you looked at the Maslow hierarchy of needs, I'm, I'm just using that as an example. So we know, you know, you need food, water, shelter. So they want to make sure they have all the restrictions on land and food, and water, your clothing. Your technology usage, your travel, uh, your power and electricity, um, love and sex, which would go to you know reproduction. Um, they want to have all that under control, and in, in, in the various other things. But those are the major aspects of your life. Work. So when you talk about work, you know AI and robotics, uh, and in this idea like uh, Novell was talking about with video games and, and drugs or Soma or whatever. They're not going to do that for all these people. They're just not. That's not the point. The point is to get you to the point where they can, uh, they want to demoralize us. They want us to be overly stressed. They want us to commit suicide. They want us to fight amongst ourselves and fight over, bicker over race and religion and everything in between. I mean, these little little wars that are, are going to be popping off are going to continue to pop off because they know that all of us have in groups and in group and out group preferences. So I mean, I do too. You do as well. You know, there's at least one issue out there that if they hit that right button, you're going to be antagonistic towards somebody that you're generally friendly towards because you'll fight over that particular issue, or you'll you'll be you'll be Everybody has a, uh, a weak spot, uh, a point of, uh, you know, that, that they, they just say, hey, you know, I, I, this, is, this is my uh, line. You know, you've crossed my line. It's time for me to throw down. Um, and they know they can find it with everybody. That's, that's why divide and rule is so effective and has been for thousands of years because uh, they don't want, they, they, they at least do never want any of us to can, uh, coordinate and congeal together and set aside our differences and to stop talking about fighting about religion, fighting about uh, race, fighting about gender and sex, fighting about, you know, you know, who, who, you know, if we all figure out, if we all figured out that the people that, that we need to be very concerned about are above us, 
and they make lots of money or, or worth lots of money and they have private security up the yin yang and they have their estates and they're also located you know in many cases not just in the United States but you know Europe and China and all around the world they're not just located in one place uh, we know that we all should know that by now and of course nobody they say well what are you suggesting it's like I'm suggesting that you know many of these people have not only don't have your best interest at heart they would damn well just as soon you know have you you know killed off just as quickly as possible don't think that they don't use their minions to get to us the problem is, is there's too many minions right now. And when I say minions, they, they're just, um, that's what the politicians are about. That's what the law enforcement is about. Um, you know, they pick, they have, to, they have them all trained up. They all have them all conditioned to pick particular groups to, to antagonize. And let's just face it, there, there are a lot of stupid people on this planet. There just is. And if you, you know, if you think of a normal distribution of 8 billion people, you have 1 billion people that are just incapable of doing anything right. And by that I mean, they're incapable, well, let's just put it this way, they're incapable because they don't want to do it. They, they don't have the intellectual capacity. And amongst those 1 billion, I'll say, you know, there's a certain percentage of them, say half of those 1 billion are unmotivated. Uh, there's other the other half is motivated now how are they motivated is it good or bad yeah you know uh, you can have a very lackluster intellect or desire to uh, improve on that or you know there's just no way to improve on that but if you're very motivated and you're a very you know um, let's just say your uh, your moral principles for whatever reason are just very good in, inside you you can you can accomplish a great deal of uh, 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 things in in this world. Believe it or not, you know, you can do things that I am not doing. As a matter of fact, you can have a good life, you know, and not be much more than a uh, you know uh, below mediocre intellect, but have a lot of motivation and have the right motivations or the right uh, overall uh, sensibility for whatever reason by luck. You know, somebody says, well, they should be easily uh, swayed. Well, some for whatever reason, not everybody that's uh, uh, intellectually stunted uh, has a, a moral stunting that goes along with it. For whatever reason, that's just the way the world is. Uh, but amongst that group, usually there is a substantial amount, and we know who they are, and we see them every day, that cause chaos. And the people that at the very top know that they can cause chaos with these people because... They know what triggers them. They know what gets them upset. They know what they have to say to get them upset. They know what they have to display to them visually, like in neuro-linguistic programming. They know what they have to show these people, what they have to say to these people. They know how to antagonize them. And we have people on TV that that's their whole, that's their whole agenda. That's what media propaganda is, is to antagonize the people uh, they want to antagonize to continue to keep this going. They're no longer about the reporting to us, which, you know, I don't watch TV. I don't. I, I haven't watched, I haven't watched anything uh, other than just like, you know, rando sports. And it's only because I've been sitting somewhere and I didn't even watch the sports because I'm too busy working on other things. But it's in the background, but it's, you know, it's, like I said, don't even pay any attention to it. But I haven't watched, like I sat down and watched a newscast from one end to the next, aside from like online from 
you know, people that I generally listen to or will listen to. And I haven't seen uh, NBC, ABC, NBC, any of the people that I used to listen to. I've never, I don't even listen to them. I haven't listened to them in, well, in many cases, up to a decade <laughs> or more. And then now, now that I think about it, it's been since at least 2011. This is the last time I actually watched any significant on a on a reoccurring basis mainline uh, mainstream propaganda. <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. So what I'm getting at is, you know, these these uh, uh, divided rule tactics work. They keep on using them. They know they can use them. They know that they have uh, a certain uh, segment of the population in the intelligent community and in the uh, military and, then, of course, the all the police apparatus. You know, you know there's 800,000 cops in the United States, roughly speaking. Um, of those 800,000 cops, how many of them are really good? I mean, I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying... Um, because good as in defining how many of them would turn in a, a fellow uh, cop that has done a wrongdoing. How many of them will give up their job online for something they don't agree with. I'm not saying that they, there hasn't been instances where they do that. And at this point, the problem is, is that ones that are left are probably the ones that are the worst. Because probably since 2020, there's been thousands of cops or at least... I would, I would suspect in this country that have quit based upon policies and initiatives and things that have been said to them and they just up and left. Well, the only people that are left there are bad cops, <laughs> roughly speaking, or ones that have been hired. The ones that they're hiring are, are, you know, bottom of the barrel. So I'm not saying they're all bad, but... Uh, it stands to reason that it would be nice if uh, these uh, these uh, forces were a lot more uh, um, willing to put their neck out there. And I understand. I understand where they're coming from. They they got a paycheck. They got a mortgage. They have a wife. They have a kid. And kids in college. You know that kind of deal. And they're not going to upset the apple cart of their life uh, for principal. And that's how they get you when you don't have any. Um, principle be damned they just uh, um, they have you where they want you so getting uh, to the the new Ponzi schemes that's <laughs> the total segue bad segue so we know AI is a Ponzi scheme robotics genetic modifications human machine integration transhumanism and even space travel uh, you know these are these are just new uh, you know in order to continue to have markets, and you have to create a new market, you have to pitch the new market, you have to uh, fund the new market, and create a new uh, way for other people to make hustles. That's what cryptocurrency kind of turned out to be. Crypto was sabotaged, just in my opinion. This is just my opinion. I don't own any crypto, so I'm not a hawk. I'm not hawking anything, and I'm not selling it. But my uh, broad analysis is that it was put together, uh, crypto, Bitcoin, um, it was put together a while back, introduced into the market. But they introduced it because of the various techniques with the technology and, and all the things that, you know, make it a sellable and marketable 
position. The thing was, then they brought in, or when I say they, uh, it seemed like a, a like anything else. Anytime you have a new market, it attracts bad actors. Now, are all these bad actors were they uh, just bad actors on their own, or were they inserted into the situation in order to poison the well, make it so that regulation would come in, and also make it so that they could eliminate. Uh, after they get people, let's just say, accustomed to doing using it, and like I said, I, I think Bitcoin now is I think it went up to thirty eight thousand or whatever. Uh, you know, it has its uses. I mean, uh, it for the people that are using it, they're they're probably pretty content with it. I I give them uh, I give them credit for their uh, desire to do that, but uh, uh, overall, um, I, I think it was. Uh, it was meant to be hijacked uh, because, uh, like Fitz was saying, new technology. So you bring in this technology, and they don't want it to get in. They, 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 these people are a monopolist. They do not want it. They don't want free market. They don't want laissez-faire. People who uh, besmirch capitalism don't understand that we haven't really been operating under any kind of you know, free market or uh, uh, even at laissez-faire, as you would call it, probably since the 18, late 1800s, probably 1870s, right after the Civil War. And even then, that's that's debatable. So when you have those things going on, um, you know, where you have this uh, problem with, you know, uh, socialists that want to control everything, where was I? Uh, yeah, when you have these uh, various uh, markets, you have a, you know, like I said, Ponzi flow. Uh, they have to have enough customers. Uh, they have to get people buying it, and they need a replacement cycle uh, so they can have uh, predictable cash flows coming in um, on whatever it is. I mean, obviously, if it's trading application it's just the amount of trades you can uh, siphon off of middlemen that's you know every market that's out there has a middleman in it of some sort uh, to, to skim off the money and, and obviously uh, you know it's just part of business in some respects but uh, the number of middlemen you know when when people will outsource or create a convoluted uh, flow of uh, operations then you know that there's a there's an issue when there's that's just not an easy direct easy easy to understand way to get services or get a product or make a product or make modifications to a product without having to, without having to route through multiple departments or people or uh, logistical uh, convolution I guess you would call it so but it all functions off of cheap labor and slave labor, which is, of course, where you go back to the global say, like, you know, they want maximized profits. But the, part of it is in recent times or since, you know, the laissez-faire era, uh, if you want to call it that, is that the socialists have always wanted, uh, they want monopoly, monopoly power. Um, they want regular, heavily regulated markets, 
because heavy regulation allows them to use legal devices and political power in order to keep those markets to themselves and keep out the you know unwanted competition. So you know it works as a, works good for them from an oligarchic standpoint, and they go ahead and try to do that as much as they can. And for many of them, they they obviously succeed because we know who they are, we know what their names are. And if you look at, you know, like Catherine Fitz was, Austin Fitz was saying, when you get into the nuances of, you know, who gets contracts, who works with the government, who gets governmental support, which is that's your tax dollars at work. Uh, when you get into the nuances of, uh, of those things, then you know who are the really, the biggest, uh, uh, uh non-capitalistic uh, forces out there, uh, you know. And when I say capital, capitalistic, it's not that I, you know, it's fair trade, uh, ability to make decisions, ability to uh, get uh, adequate uh, enforcement of the law for contracts where, of course, you make a deal with somebody and either they don't provide the service or they provide a bad service or intentionally, uh, you know, obviously harm you. Disclaimers, fraud, um, that kind of deal. That's that's where, you know, that's the nuances of the regulation. But of course, that's supposed to be a criminal proceeding. But the p point with having many many competitors is when they when you have so many competitors, then it's harder for them to acquire enough resources to buy off judges or politicians or lawyers or that kind of deal. Everybody has to, you know, everybody's playing from the same field. So therein lies the crux of what I'm talking about. Sorry there, I was uh, interrupted. I, people were wandering around. So I'll close on this uh, thought. Um, I mentioned complacency. So the idea that people that will think that what is at present will stay in the place you know they figure things won't you know it could never get that bad you know look at where I'm at right now well we all know that that that's a you know that's not <laughs> that's not truly the case obviously um, you know we know the propaganda works to keep us under you know under under the boot um, people trust their leaders liars on TV I mean, there are people that do. They believe they believe what's been told to them, and they're not very uh, they're very incurious about looking other uh, looking at other data. Um, was it <clears throat> today? Was that, I think it was Michael uh, uh, on Michael Schellenberger's uh, blog? Yeah, there was a guy a person commenting talking about you know um, it was actually I, I would call him a ref they they call themselves a uh, Democrat, reform Democrat, or whatever, and they just said they tried to, you know, bring up the conversation with somebody, and the person was like, you know, you know, uh, I don't believe you. That's a, you know, conspiracy or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it was. I don't, I don't have time for that. You know, you know, they didn't have time for the the argument, so um, that becomes very uh, telling because uh, you know you don't wind up. Uh, garnering any 
uh, further insights in your life you just assume what what's always been the case is always going to be the case <coughs> that becomes very dangerous <coughs> um, that thought uh, that train of train of thought becomes you know obviously it doesn't work when things get drastically out of kilter um, in Many of the people that, you know, you're dealing with in these cases are dealing with people who are in relatively benign, uninteresting, but, you know, pretty well-paying jobs. And, of course, they don't want to rock the boat. So, you know, they don't, the only thoughts or emphasis they want to have is on, you know, just enough to get their job done, continue to get paid well, and, and don't rock the boat and have their life the way they want it, which is, you know, to their teach your own um, dealing with inconvenient narratives regarding you know, government coups or color revolutions or things that you know are very detrimental to uh, people's understanding of what their government is and what their government does and what the government hasn't done for them and isn't going to do them do for them and the inability or any uh, Undesire to, uh, um, you know, find better leadership. You know, <laughs> let's just let's just get down to it. You know, we need leadership bad, so bad. Um, and then they play what aboutism. I'm just I had I wrote these thoughts just random. So, you know, what aboutism with other countries, third world dictators that in many cases we've installed. Uh, of course, Russia and China, which you know, I, I I'm on my, I'm not uh, uh, oblivious to the fact that actually Russia and China are very well. Now they are very in sync. Um, sadly, so I say sadly so from the the standpoint of uh, we have a whole lot more. If if we had if they had been a better relationship with Russia, you keep Russia and China separate. Russia was not, it could have been dealt with in a much easier fashion. Uh, Europe would not suffer um, in regards to energy policy, energy markets. But, you know, you have people that are hell-bent on keeping things the way they, they, there are certain status quo things that they want and other things they want to totally erase from the board. And it's very clear that uh, in, even though Russia and other supply chains have been uh, used through India to work around uh, the Nord Stream and, and moving, um, still it impacts, of course. Yeah. It goes to show you that people don't want to do things the logical way or the straightforward way. They want to do things their way and they don't care how they get that accomplished. And people, of course, will focus on what they can control, uh, but that only works as while well. things are under control, you know, in the world. Because uh, <laughs> so, well, I can't change that. Well, uh, you really don't know what you can change until you actually put your mind to it. But uh, you certainly aren't going to change anything if you are stuck in the mindset that nothing is wrong, nothing's out of the ordinary, nothing has hit your spidey senses. Uh, to trigger you to uh, start uh, be, uh, thinking, at least thinking differently about how things are. 
I'm not saying you have to change to change who you are as a person. You just have to change how you think about other things around you and other people and the calculus that's being weighed out for all of us. And I ended here. I think we're living in the most consequential time in recent human history. I won't say all time, but we could be getting to that point. Uh, we're certainly living in a, I think, well, there can be multiple timelines from here. We can have the darkest timeline, which humanity has had many of, taken many of courses to going down those kind of dark timelines. Um, we know that'll evolve. It'll evolve death, despair, lots of feudalism <laughs> for those who remain. We could have a renaissance, uh, a second renaissance, a, a second enlightenment. And we can get rid of many of the people that have caused us pain and torture. But not, not without a high price, because they will be a high price that will still be paid. But the good guys or leadership... See, the thing is, is you have we have to have people that are probably don't even know that they should be leaders. They're going to have to be the leaders. Not just military, but intellectual spiritual uh, communication you know some people are very good at certain things and some people aren't um, that's going to have to happen for that that to, to be achieved is you're going to have to have and there have been people that have put their hat in the ring but you know um, and it's not going to be a final conference this is a prolonged war it's what fifth generation is it's communication it's everything it's inside your head you know that's what fifth generation war is. The idea is the war for your mind, your body, and your soul. Uh, the war for your words, for your money. War over everything. Uh, war, uh, it's a uh, unrestricted, uh, no boundaries to what can be done to you. That's why it's so hard to focus on things and get things accomplished. I don't even know if I'm even writing in a... This first volume is kind of laying the predicate. The second volume will be much more. I think it'll it'll have some overlay. And when I say the second volume, I am planning on releasing probably in March, maybe April. Depends upon how it goes. Uh, but uh, the first one will be here before Christmas. Uh, it'll have it'll be mainly a review in many cases or a. Like I said, it's rewritten completely, so it's not like all the other ones. And uh, the COVID part is going to be hard because I got—that's what I got to work on the next two weeks. I have to spend um, substantial amount of time re readapting. Though I probably won't make as much of a um, the origins. I'm not going to. I put it this way. I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that I can definitively know any uh, absolutes with people, but the people that I know are involved are in there, and I can lay that out. There may be some other names that are will come about, but uh, I I hope that people will um, will take something away from it. There'll be a lot of information. There's 
I'm just at ballparking that just this volume, which is right around, it'll probably be right around 600 pages. Uh, we'll have well over 2,200 citations in it, probably, uh, by the time it's all said and done, uh, or links. Uh, and I've archived everything, archive.org, archive.is. Uh, sometimes I, you know, some, some of the sites are uh, quote and also cite to the article. So uh, anyway, <clears throat> I'm just laying that out. So um, if you've listened this far, hopefully you'll uh, take that in. And um, I appreciate, the, once again, uh, anyone who listens. And uh, thank you. And uh, I might not be uh, posting in the near future, but uh, probably right after the December 22nd, I might do a broadcast. So until then. Uh, thank you and uh, enjoy the rest of your December and I hope you have a great holidays if I don't uh, come back on before then and Merry Christmas and uh, prepare for your new year it's gonna be a doozy